Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you today. There's some happier fans in the crowd today than the last several weeks. You know, we've, we've had some grumpy bears here at church lately, so this is, it's good. Um, well, my name's Jeff, and uh, one of the pastors here at the church, and uh, just really excited for this morning. Today is really the, the culmination of a four-week series that we've been in called For the City. And this, this initiative, as we've um, been, you know, seeking God on this, this initiative is, is all about really big, three big things. You know, it's about us launching a second campus, it's about us expanding our current facility, and then it's about us opening this care center uh, for kids in need. And so today's a, a really, really special and a really fun day uh, for us as a church. And I, I can't wait to tell you here in a bit um, what God has already um, been doing this weekend. It's, it's pretty cool. So... If you are a guest here this morning, I just want to say welcome to you. Um, we're so glad that you're here. You know, the reason why we exist as a church and, and the reason why we gather week, uh, week after week is uh, it's all about the fact that we want to be a church that's helping people find and follow Jesus Christ. Um, we, we believe, starting with ourselves, that when God gets a hold of a life, um, it changes everything and it leads to life transformation and there's nothing greater than it. I love Ryan's story. Um, I love hearing even how, not only how God has transformed him, but now as he's looking to his kids and he's thinking, what's the influence that my kids are going to have on, on other kids? And how's this faith going to be passed down to the next generation? Um, I want to say this on the front end. If, if you are a guest here this morning, um, you're coming on a, a very special Sunday in the life of our church. Uh, this is Commitment Sunday, and so we're going to end our time today, um, as you've been hearing about the last three weeks, we're going to end our time today uh, making these financial commitments to this initiative for the city. And so this is an exciting um, morning for us. I was, I was thinking in, in a lot of ways, and, and you can think this through this lens, particularly if you're a guest, um, this is kind of like uh, we're having a, a, a time around the kitchen table uh, this morning and uh, kind of a family time. And um, you know kind of what happens around a kitchen table. Uh, sometimes conversations are pretty significant. Sometimes, you know, the direction the family's going, you know, gets made right there at the kitchen table. And uh, it's some pretty intimate times right there. And, and that's one of ours. Uh, that's this time uh, for us this morning really represents that. And so if you are newer to Brookside, um, you can kind of sit back this morning and really watch a church family interact together. And uh, we've been you know, we've been praying big prayers, and we've been asking God, uh, God, would you allow something so significant to happen in our midst that we would be able to, would you just, would you just blow our minds with what you would do so that we're able to accomplish some great things um, for a city and a, a people that you um, love so dearly. So we think that we're going to look back on the moment of this morning even for years to come and just celebrate what God um, has done in our midst. So, so I hope that you've... Uh, really been enjoying these last three weeks. You know, I know they've been a highlight um, for myself, and I know Steve and the rest of our staff as well. And, and everything that you've been hearing about um, is the culmination, really, of a lot of work and planning and, and preparation and seeking God that's been taking place um, for well over a year. And so to be at this point and to have gone through the last three weeks and then to be to this point this morning is, is so significant. Uh, you might remember, it seems like it was forever ago, but on October 3rd, uh, we launched this whole initiative with our fall festival out there on the South Lawn and, and uh, just had a blast that evening together. And then the next week, we did the big drone picture where we um, assembled in the South Field and we spelled the words for the city just to kind of get that kind of th those words going in our mind. And then on October 28th, uh, we had a prayer event right here in this room where we came together, young and old, and we said, God, would you do great things um, for your honor and for your name's sake through this initiative? And 
In addition to that, we said, we want to be the kind of church that we're covering the city in prayer. And so we threw out a challenge and we said, hey, go out of your normal paths and, and go somewhere in the city. And would you pray for an area of the city that you've never prayed for before maybe? And would you just ask God to, to stir and to do great things in the city in which God has placed us in? And then we had that Sunday morning where we got to be a huge blessing to one of our neighbors, Project Harmony, um, just up the street from here. And we got to donate clothing and other things to help the many foster kids that come through their doors, to help uh, meet the immediate needs that, those, that Project Harmony is able to meet as those kids come in each and every week. And the gift that this church gave to them that, that morning was so substantial, likely over $25,000 in donation just right after the services. Then the next Sunday, we laid out a huge challenge, a challenge that's going to be with us for the next three years. We said we want to be the kind of church, and this is a big goal, we said we want to be the kind of church that over the course of the next three years, we want to serve our city 30,000 hours um, beyond any hours of serving that happen in this building. And so um, that's going to be exciting for us to be able to track and already hearing stories about what people are doing with that. And then we had our My Five for the City Five people that we said, God, you've brought these people into my life and you've allowed me to have an opportunity to, to serve them and to listen to them, to share my story with them, to share the gospel with them. And, um, and, and so we said, Lord, who are those people? And then last Sunday, we kind of culminated that. We asked you to put one of those things on your mirror so you'd be reminded throughout these three years to be praying for those, those people that God's put in your life. And then last weekend, we said, hey, let's, let's take those names. And you can see behind me here on the cityscape that we've got, each one of those little cars has five names on it. Get this, that's thousands of names. That's thousands of people that we're saying this is significant. God, would you do something great in their lives? Lord, you've entrusted me with the gospel, with the grace of God. And, um, and Lord, would you use my life in that way? So that's pretty exciting. And then 48 hours ago, our leaders gathered, and it was so confirming what God was doing um, on that. And I'll tell you more about that in a bit, but so encouraging. Um, all along the way, we've been encouraging everyone to pray a very simple prayer. I just want to show this to you. Here it is. This is the prayer we've been asking you to pray. Father, would you show me, Father, show me what step of faith I can take to live for the city. Father, what step of faith can I take to live for the city? Pretty simple prayer, but it's been fun, I'll tell you, to hear the stories about different people, how they're living this out, how they're looking at the city differently, and they're saying, Father, would you, would you show me? What's it look like? And so to hear what God's been doing, and I, I got a text from, from a friend last week, and these are things that just people are, are just things that are happening in our church. Um, good friend, he texted me, he said, I wanted to share something cool with you. Over dinner tonight, I got to share the gospel with some of our close friends. Then he says, planting seeds. Um, this city thing is real. These people were on my five, my five for the city. Keep it up. You know, I mean, those are people, people that God's brought into his life. He's saying, God, I, I want to be able to, to share the grace that you've so freely shared with me. Those stories, I'll tell you what, that's what it's all about. We have a young man in our church who, um, out of a desire to care and to really be an influence for Christ in, um, in his own realm at work with one of his co-workers, he found out about this critical health need that this, this man has, and so he volunteered to, to, to kind of enter into that, and so he volunteered to pursue being a kidney donor for this co-worker in need, and uh, he ended up being a match, you know, and it's a long process, as some of you know, and and so he ends up being a match, and so last Wednesday, he checked himself into the hospital and underwent a kidney transplant for this guy. I mean, think about that. What an example. Father, show me what 
step of faith. That's a big step of faith that I can take to live for someone in the city. I love that. Um, It was so fun. He and his wife said this. They said, it's been a powerful experience for us to see how God has met us halfway and has provided for every need that this endeavor brought with it. For example, his work blessed us beyond what we could imagine. And then this, this is so powerful. They said this. It has been a testimony of how God can ask us to do big things, but he also provides the means to do them. You know, when I first heard that, that story from this guy, I was so, man, I just went home. I was telling Christine about it. I told our kids about it. I was so proud of it. I mean, think about that. This is your church. I mean, that's the people of your church that are saying, Lord, show me what step of faith I can take to live for the city. I mean, it was inspiring to us at our, in our home that night. You know, our greatest hope throughout this series is that we'd all have authentic encounters with God as we live by faith, as we step out. We're saying this, we want to be so quick to bless, to pray, to serve, and to give to the needs of the city. And so I tell you, it has been a blast just to feel the energy and to hear the excitement around what God is doing. And I just want to mention this. I I feel this, I got to just do this. I, I want to so badly. I, I, I want to tell you, I couldn't be more proud of your staff and your volunteers who have poured into making this initiative a God-honoring thing. Um, it's huge. My goal this morning um, is really, uh, and I, I really feel like this is a, a, just a huge, a huge privilege, but I want to look at God's word with you, and I want to point us to a picture of the greatness of God. I, I want to point us, I want to remind us, I want to help us to see that in the midst of some of the things that we are trying to accomplish, I want to point us to who it is that we worship. In the midst of what we're trying to do, I want to point us to who it is that we worship. Um, I want us to leave here today. You know, we're going to make commitments at the end, and, but I want our focus and I want our posture, I want it to be shaped by how great God is. And the reminder that any good work, anything that, that we could seek to accomplish as a church, that any of it is only done by the, the gracious hand of God. That's the only way anything will happen. And so in one sentence, this is the bottom line. This is the main point. The thing I, I really hope you'll walk away with today is this. It's a deep sense of the greatness and the faithfulness of our God. Let me ask you on that um, would you say, this would be true of you, it would be true of me, that you ever lose sight of the greatness of God? Has it ever happened to you? Um, does, the, does the sense of awe of who God is, do you ever feel like sometimes that can sort of uh, diminish a little bit or, or maybe fade? Maybe you're here today, honestly, though, and you'd say, man, the subject of the greatness of God, you'd say, I, I've, that's never even really entered my mind. Or, or maybe you can remember a period of years in your life where, where you lived and before you knew Christ, and that, that would have never even dawned on you. Um, but now, boy, when you met Christ, it was like, boom, first love. is like, oh, you just, you just stood in awe or, or some circumstances happened in your life and, and you just thought, oh, the greatness of God. And you stood back and like, whoa, and it was afresh to you again. Or maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you're a follower of Christ and, and you would say, and I, I, know I can relate to this, sometimes life just happens and you sort of just get in your zone and before long, you just haven't thought of it in a while. You could sort of lose sight of the greatness of the God that we can know. But isn't it true that when we realize who God is and when we really dwell on him, it makes us go, wow. It makes us go, wow, God, I'm standing on holy ground. I mean, God, you are, you are, you are amazing. It makes us kind of get to that awe point again. I had two experiences this past week that 
that helped drive me to this point. Um, the first one was on Wednesday night, and I was putting our five-year-old Easton little boy to bed, a little son, and, and I was kneeling by his bed, and, and he was, you know, he was all covered up. He was kind of cold, and, you know, just his little head popping out, as cute as can be. You know, I'm a little biased, but, um, but he said this to me. He said, he said, Daddy, why did you guys trust Jesus? And it was, it was one of those moments when I didn't answer real quickly, and it was one of those moments where um, it, it kind of took me back to that foundational reality of my relationship with God. And, and so eventually I said to him, I said, I said, well, your mom and I, I said, we realized our need for God. And, made, and then I kind of stopped. I thought, man, I started thinking about that. And I'm like, wow, that's so significant. And then I, I said to him, I said, we also, we realized that life with God is the best life that is offered to anyone. You know, and he kind of, he politely smiled and nodded and then went on to say something about Power Rangers. But, but here's the thing for me, that moment stuck with me. And in that moment, I kind of went from kneeling by his bed and, and he was kind of talking about his own thing. And I just, I sat on his floor and I thought about the fact that, wow, think about that. I, I was far from God and then, you know, God reached out, God got a hold of my life and now my life is completely different I experienced a peace and a grace and a forgiveness that I never had before. And I tell you what, it was like refreshing to me. It was like this new, this renewed sense of awe. It was like, wow, God, you extend that to me. Thank you, God. And it was fresh. It was a gift. My second reminder this week almost ended in a car accident, actually. I was driving down the street, and, and I saw this maple tree in its full fall colors. I mean, just beautiful. That picture, it doesn't even do it justice, really. I'm talking the brightest orange, and, and the lawn was like perfectly manicured as I'm driving down the street, and I saw this, and this tree, I mean, it just, it was, I, I'm telling you, we see a lot of trees in Omaha, I get that, but this one was like, boom. I saw it, and I was like, whoa. And I thought, wow. And, and so picture, I'm driving, and this is to the right, and, and so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Wow, the handiwork of God. I mean, it's just, and I don't want to over-spiritualize this at all. Like every tree I see, I have this worship moment. That's not true of me. I wish it were. But this was different. It was like, whoa. And so as I'm looking at this and going, man, God, you are an incredible creator. Just thinking about the beauty of this thing and going, man, I couldn't give, you can't give credit to anybody but an amazing God for something as beautiful as that. But as I'm looking, I'm veering to the right, and, and all of a sudden, I heard the sound of me passing this parked car that I almost sideswiped. It was so close, and, and I thought, that would have really killed this God moment, you know, <laughs> to crash at that point. But it was renewing. It was one of those moments where you just go, yeah, that's the God that we can know. That, that's awesome. I want to take you to two passages this morning. The first one, it really sets the stage, and then the second one, it really is an example of it being lived out. About three weeks ago, this verse came to mind, Psalm 115, verse 1, and, and as this verse came to mind, I thought to myself, that's how I want us to end, that's how I want us to culminate this for the city, these four weeks. That's how I want this thing to, to really come together. I think this is the appropriate re response to this whole thing. And so I want, to, I want this to set the tone, really, for everything that we do this morning. So let me read this to you. Here it is, Psalm 115, verse 1. It says, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory, because of your love and your faithfulness. 
What's going through the mind and the heart of the psalmist as he writes Psalm 115 is this. He's seeing that in his culture and, and amongst the people that he lives, that they're not, their worship of God doesn't equal who God is. It's falling way short. That the people are diminishing in their minds and in their hearts who God is. Their attention is on themselves. And so he directs these people right back and he says, no, 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 it's, it's not about us. Not to us, Lord. Not to us, but he says, he's pointing them. He says, but to your name be all glory. To your name be all honor. Lord, it's about your name, your reputation, your honor. In a nutshell, the psalmist is saying this. He's saying, it's not about you. It's not about us. He's saying, it's about God. And it's about his name. It's about his fame. It's about his reputation. And why does the psalmist why does the psalmist feel this? Why is this a conviction of the psalmist? Here it is. He says, because, here's why, because of your love and your faithfulness. The psalmist has experienced what many of you have. He's experienced the love of God. And I thought of many of your stories this week, and I thought, wow, even sometimes when, when we choose to walk away from God, when we choose to, to not obey God in a circumstance or walk away from him for even a season, what does God do, though? Does he leave us? No. Your love and your faithfulness. God stays. He's, he's faithful. Um, as I sat there that night on Easton's floor, um, I thought to myself, I can, I can imagine, I can live, relive some of the moments in my life when God's relentless love and faithfulness was so evident. When God didn't let his foot off the accelerator, but he kept pursuing. He kept going with his love and his faithfulness. I remember hearing this hymn as a child. It went like this. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow we're turning from you. you. You change not, your compassions, they fail not. As you have been, you forever will be. Morning by morning, he's just saying, it never lets up. Morning by morning, your mercies are new. I see them. All I have needed, you have provided. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, unto me. God, your faithfulness is so great. Not to me be the glory. Because of your love and your faithfulness, Lord, you get the glory. What's interesting is that the man who wrote that, that hymn battled a health issue his entire life. Yet, in the midst of it all, he was able to see God at each and every turn. He was able to see the faithfulness of God. And so it prompts him to write this to say, even morning after morning, Lord, even in the midst of it, I still see your love. I still see your grace. I still see your provision. The psalmist 115 was saying this, Lord, not to us. Not to us, Lord, but to you be the glory because of your unfailing love. The attention is on God, and rightly so. I love the words of the prophet Isaiah. He put it like this in Isaiah 26, verse 8. He says, yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your laws, we wait for you. What a powerful statement. We wait for you. And then your name and your renown are the desires of our hearts. Your name, Lord, not our name, not our expectations, not our plans, but your name, Lord, your renown, that is the desire of our heart. As a church, as we pursue the purposes of God, why do we do it? Why do we want to take new ground as a church? It's because of his name. It's because of his renown. We look at our city and we say, when people find Christ like we saw Ryan's story, Ryan now, what does he do? He gives God glory with his life. And so we say as a church, we want to continue on and we want your name, your fame to continue to spread in this city. 
Might the name of God be the absolute top desire of our heart this morning. Might his name, might the renown, the reputation, the fame of Christ be lifted so high. So that, Psalm 115 verse 1, that sets the stage. And and that's the posture that we want to walk in this morning. For his name, for his renown, that's the desire of our heart. Now I want to show you the example of this being lived out. If you've got a Bible or an app, you can turn with me if you want to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And I want to give you some, some background first of what's happening here. And, and then I want to land at the people's response in this passage because it's a great example for us this morning. So, so this is the context. This is what's happening here. This is what's going on. Out of David's reverence for God in 1 Chronicles 29, David wants to build the, the temple He wants to build a place where where people can come together for the worship of God. But God's direction to him is that he's not the one to build that. And so God says to him, no, it's not going to be you. It's going to be your son Solomon. And so so David gives these plans to this temple, this incredible structure. He gives them to Solomon. But then David uses his leadership and, and he assembles the people. He assembles the leaders of Israel. He assembles them in Jerusalem. So imagine this mass of people. They're gathered together and he addresses them. And he says, hey, my son Solomon, he's been singled out to be the one that's, that's supposed to, to build this temple to, to God as a place of worship. But he says to these people, he says, this task is too huge. This task is too big. He says, so it's going to take everyone. And I honestly, I thought of this. I thought of our, our, our initiative and I thought, wow, I know that feeling. This task is huge. It's, it's so big. And so what David says to them is this. He says, We're not, you know, my son Solomon's not trying to build just a place for us to meet, but he's saying, we're going to build the temple. We're going to build a place. It's going to be the house of God. It's so very important. And then we see in the scriptures that David goes first, that David personally, he he goes first and he, he sacrifices, and then he calls the leaders, the other people around him to do the same. And then this is how they respond. Look with me at verse 6. He says, then the leaders of the families, the officials and the tribes of Israel and the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds and the officials in charge of the king's work, they gave willingly. Notice here, this is a lot of people, right? A big crowd of people. They've come together and now they've been charged with this. Hey, this is what we're trying to accomplish. It says that they gave willingly. And then verse 9, this is the response. It says, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the work of the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced greatly. And I'm going to show you that response, and and that really just, again, it directs our attention to God. But what we see in verses 6 and verse 9 is this, there was a call to the leadership to go first. You know, Steve and I, we couldn't be more excited to share with you this morning that On Friday night, we got to do something very similar to this. We got to gather our staff and our elder team and many of the leaders in our church. And following this example, we asked our leadership, we said, hey, would you go first? Would you you jump into the water first? Would you lead out? Would you be an example? Would you be an encouragement to the rest of the church on Sunday morning in this, this big initiative that we're trying to accomplish? And so get this, this is such an encouragement. Out of those 70 households on Friday night, get this, $1.1 million was pledged to our For the City effort. that awesome? Yeah, it's awesome. It's incredible. But here's what people did. People stepped up and they gave sacrificially and they said, you know what, we believe that God wants to accomplish great things in the city because God loves people. 
and we believe in the purposes of God. We want the church to be advancing the purposes of God. Why? For the name, for the glory, and for the renown of God. And I'll tell you, there was such a sense of God in that room. Uh, It was such a highlight. Um, And we really can rejoice this morning at what God is already doing. Let me take you back now to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. So again, go back to the scene. Um, They're rejoicing. They're rejoicing at this willing, responsive generosity of the people. But this is where I want us to land. Look at their response. Look at their posture before God. I want this to mark us this morning. Look at where their focus is. Here it is. This is their posture. It says this, verse 10. They praised, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father, Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. David is saying, Lord, from the beginning to the current to to the future, Lord, you, you are to be praised from, from start to end forever, for all of eternity to you be praised from everlasting to everlasting. And then he says, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. He's not leaving anything out, is he? For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. There's nothing, Lord, that that, that doesn't fall underneath you. It's all from you. Then he keeps going. He says, wealth and honor. He's reflecting. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all, meaning that he's saying, nothing that I have didn't come from the energy and the ability that you allowed me to, to, to make it happen with. It's all from you. And then he says, now, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. We praise your glorious name. Do you see what's unmistakably happening here? David and these people are pointing all of their attention, not on the specifics of the projects, All of the attention is going on the greatness of the God that it is all for. Notice their posture. It's humble. It's joyful. It's worship. Why? Because of who God is. Because of who God is. It's like that psalmist said, not to us, O Lord. Not to us. Not to Brookside, Lord. But to your name be the glory. Yes, Lord, walking in your ways. What do we do? We we seek to obey you. But, but what do we do? It's, it's not about us. It's about your name and your renown. Lord, would that be the desire of our hearts? And then David does this in verse 14. He summarizes, just reflecting on what's just happened. He says this in 14. He says, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? And then this overarching statement, everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. He's saying, God, anything, that, anything we can offer to you, you gave it to us anyway. It's this demonstration. He's saying, God, you, you gave, it, gave it to us anyway. It's just an expression of our gratitude to you. You know, I want to say this to you this morning before we do anything with a commitment card and all that. The greatest thing that you could give today, if you come into this room this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, the greatest thing that you could give to God this morning is yourself. If you'd say this morning, wow, I don't know this God that you, you talk about, Pastor. Um, if you would say that be true of you, I would, just, I would long for you to leave here this morning knowing this, that you can experience the love and the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy of a God who knows you and loves you. 
There's nothing greater than knowing him, and through faith in Christ, you can do that. That's the most important thing this morning that you could give. You know, the reason why that we're doing this whole initiative for the city, it's, it's because we long to see just that. We long to see Ryan's stories. We long to see God transform more and more lives. And so these three weeks, it's been a lot of fun, you know, to unpack these different projects of this initiative. And I just want to say to you this morning that your financial pledge this morning, it's going to make a real difference. Your financial pledge is going to make a difference in the lives of people. It really is. We can't wait for the day when a guest walks into this building right out here, and instead of quickly coming and going uh, between our services, there's a place for them where they can slow down, they can connect relationally, and we know the power of relationships. So we can't wait for a space that's like that. We can't wait for the day when, when it's said of a whole group of uh, another group of people at a different location in the city where they say, I love my church, I love this place, this is the place where I met Christ. Can't wait for that second campus and what God can do through that. We can't wait for the day when a discouraged foster kid comes onto our campus. He walks through these doors. He goes into our care center and he realizes and he walks away, maybe discouraged. He can't control the things that have happened in his own life or her life. But he realizes that there is a God who loves me and there is a church that treated me today with dignity. We can't wait to be that. I know many of you, you've come here today and You've, you've, you're prayed up and, and you've said, hey, quit talking, Jeff. We, we're ready. We want to make our pledge to this thing. And, and um, someone, I just want to mention, someone said this to me. They said, it's not about the number. It's not about the amount. It's so true. But it's about what it represents in our lives. That's what a sharp statement. It represents, what does it represent? Does it represent the sacrifice and the joy and being a part of what God is doing? You know, our, our greatest desire throughout this whole thing, again, I said this on the front end, is that each person would have an encounter with God. You know, I remember being a college student, and I got to be a part of an initiative like this. Um, uh, and I remember as a student walking into a room like this, you know, and, and a Sunday morning, and, and, and being um, able to contribute to that. Now, my leftover pizza money as a college student and my part-time job did not make or break their campaign, I'll let you know that. But I'll tell you what, my gift might not have been like, whoa, but what it represented for me, it was huge. It was an encounter with God. Um, that's why we say this morning, grab the moment. Uh, don't, don't not participate. Be, you know, be, get, get in. Be, and here's why. It's because when we say, hey, God, I relinquish control of the things, the things that are near and dear to my heart, what do we do? What we're doing is we're able to step into an encounter with God, and there's nothing better than that. It's so fun to hear a high school student this morning, um, heard this after first service, <laughs> she, she got in the game this morning, you know, as a high school student. She said, man, I'm in, you know, and, and filled it out. I mean, I'm thinking, what's that going to look like? She's over three years. She'll graduate right at the end of, this, of the three years. She's going to have been a part of something significant. That's why we say this morning, let, let this moment be something that you enter into because God is going to do something unique in our midst. And when we relinquish control of our stuff, God does something, again, apart from numbers and stuff, God does something most importantly in us, in our hearts. And so we're going to celebrate participation on this thing. Um, our, we'll, we'll celebrate the grand total and all of that. Yes, definitely. 
But our biggest win is participation. We want people to say, to go to God, to pray that prayer, say, Lord, what step of faith can I take to live for the city? That's the biggest win. I shared this on Friday night as Christine and I, as we were um, talking and, and praying about, hey, what are we going to give to this initiative for the city above and beyond our, our normal giving? Pretty quickly in my own mind, a, a number came to mind. And, um, and then I did what we've been asking all of you to do for the last three weeks. I prayed that prayer, Father, show me what step of faith I can take to live for the city. And that was a God moment. I remember, I, I don't think I'll forget where I was at. You know, I, I was up in my office and I, I'll remember that moment. But as soon as I prayed that prayer, a different number came to mind. And, and as you can imagine, it was a little bit bigger, right? But here's the thing. Again, not about the numbers, but here's the thing. Encounter with God. Um, that college, as a college student, that was an encounter with God. That shaped me. That molded my life. This high school student, that's going to shape her. That's going to that's mold her life. Last thing that I want to just say is this, um, and this is really important. Um, there should not be an ounce of guilt in the room this morning. Um, we want to be just like they were in 1 Chronicles 29, that we say, God, out of the overflow, out of the sense of gratitude we give to you because of who you are. And that brings us incredible joy, brings us incredible joy. You know, it was healthy then for Christine and I to have that conversation and to say, okay, um, that was maybe our number. What's, what's kind of God's number? And, and that was that. That was a healthy process. Again, what did it lead to? That led to a, an encounter with God. And so that's our, that's our top goal this morning, is that guilt-free, we'd be able to say, we want to have an encounter with God. For some of you, man, you're going to leave a gift this morning that is going to exceed generations to come. It's going to be a blessing well beyond your years. Um, for others, you're going you're to make a contribution that's going to represent a, a, a sacrifice in your life that's going to say something to you significant over the course of these three years, and it's going to do something in your relationship with God, and, and that's what we're excited about. So without any further uh, explanation, if our hosts want to come forward, that would be great. And they're just going to pass out these little commitment cards, and, um, and then as you get those, I want to just walk you through them uh, just to make sure everything is, is really clear, so... You know, I was thinking about this morning and, and, uh, and uh, even on Friday night, you know, it's, this, is, this is very, I feel like it's very New Testament-ish, you know, in that um, I was thinking about the book of Acts and, you know, there were times when people took steps of faith and they just said, hey, God, man, our goal is huge, but Lord, we're waiting, we're anticipating what you will, what you will do. And so it's, a, it's an exciting place really for us, for us to be. So, so let me... Um, let me walk the, you through this card as you get that. So, I mean, I'll just wait just another minute here. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll get a slide of this too. So. so, when you open that up, right at the very top, it says this. It says, my 36-month commitment. So, it's my commitment over the next three years. And right below that, it says, it just talks about that there's a little giving chart there. That's just to help you. Those are just examples for you if that's helpful to you. So, for instance, if you made a monthly commitment over the course of a uh, uh, monthly commitment, that's what it would be. Um, in the, the middle column there is, uh, represents a 12-month total. And then over the course of three years, that's what your gift would amount to. If that makes sense to you. Again, those are just examples. Uh, then below that, it says this. It says, this is a defining moment in the history of the church. In order for Brookside to plan and to move forward, 
Giving estimates are necessary and above your regular giving that supports the ongoing ministry. Uh, this is a statement of intent and may be de- uh, increased or decreased at any time. All gifts are kept uh, confidential. What this is saying is this. As you know, we operate on a budget each and every year, and we need to meet that budget each and every year. Um, that pays our staff. It keeps the lights on. It allows us to do our ministries week in and week out. And so this is just emphasizing the point, hey, this is above and beyond. This is a, a three-year commitment above and beyond as we continue to do the ministries um, each and every week. And then the next page says this at the very top. I or we prayerfully commit to step out in faith and to pledge the following above our regular giving. Um, then it says, please print. Um, then your name, address. You might say, do I, do I really need to put my name on this? Um, to which we would say, yeah, that, that is important. And it's important for this reason. We feel very accountable as we, can, as we step forward and take a, uh, action based on these pledges. Um, we want to be very, very good stewards of that. And so it is important if you put your name, your address, your city, um, state zip code, phone, email address there. And then you see that the next section there, it says, uh, our three-year gift amount for the city is this. And, and let me explain this to you. Just, it could be a little bit confusing. That first box says lead gift. Next weekend, November 15th, is a big morning for us. We're going to take our first offering towards this initiative. Now, some people will say, wow, I, I just want to front load the whole thing. I, I want to make my lead gift very significant, and, and that will be what happens that morning. That's great. The more cash in hand, the quicker we're able to do things as a church. That next box then represents this. So that's the lead gift, the first offering. The next box would represent what's the remainder, everything else, minus the lead gift that I'll give over the course of these next three years. And then the the furthest box to the right there, that's the the addition of both of those together. That's the total gift amount, okay? So again, next weekend is a a big Sunday. For some of you, that that lead gift will just be one monthly installment of what you're going to give, you know, monthly throughout the campaign. That's that's totally fine. But But that lead gift, again, that's what will happen next weekend. And then next it says this, I plan to make the remainder of my gifts for the city in in the following way. So that's talking now about the 36-month commitment. How will I do that? I'll do that annually, uh, one time. You just check one of these. Annually, one time, monthly, or weekly. And it's got the church office's number there. If uh, you'd say, I want to give stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, other assets, and then all gifts are tax deductible. And then lastly, it says this. The best way for me to give would be this. Just three options there. One, I'll write for the city in the memo line of my check. Number two, I'll go online to my My Brookside account and give some instruction there. And then number three, or I'll use uh, my, my bill pay uh, through my bank. Um, so that's, that's kind of how that card will work. Here's the thing. Rob's going to come out now with the band, and, and we're going to give you time to do this. Some of you need to talk. You need to pray about this even. And um, so we'll give you time. We're going to do a couple songs. And uh, feel free, um, just, boy, when you're done, just to worship the Lord together. When you are done filling out your card, you can bring your card and your pen and just put it up here in the box. Um, I want to encourage you, any of these boxes around, I want to encourage you, um, if you are here and you're a married couple, uh, bring that forward together, bring the card forward together. Um, You're saying, I'm putting some skin in the game. I mean, this is a big moment. This is a a big deal. And so we want this to be just a, a celebration. Again, going back to that, Lord, it's for you. It's for your honor, for your glory. Lord, thank you that I get to partner with you. What a great joy that that is. And so, um, so, yeah, you can fill out that card. I want to pray for us now and before we do anything, and, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll sing and, and, and do that together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you um, for this morning, and um, we're so grateful 
Father, we just, we want to echo the, the words of that psalmist, God, um, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. And so, Father, thank you that you allow us to partner with you. You allow us to be a part of what you're doing. And, and Father, I pray that you would lead us now, God. Um, would you do great things f- in and through your church for your namesake, for your honor, and for your glory? So, Lord, would you take these gifts now? Would you take these commitments? And, um, God, we're anticipating you to do such great things. So we pray this now in Christ's name. Amen.